Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Astrology with Alice. I'm your host, Alice Bell. And today we're going to do more of a casual astrology chat. So I've been keeping like this document and every time um, I'll have like an idea or just an astrology transit is like really playing heavily on my mind at the moment. I'll just write it down in this document. And um, yeah, I kind of just want to talk about random astrology topics that aren't necessarily correlated, but could be interesting to hear about. First off, I've been having a lot of transits go through my fourth house recently, which just, it has me thinking about how transits through the fourth 8th and 12th houses of the chart tend to be the most emotionally stressful transits. Um, I feel like people definitely associate like more mental health and like hardship there with 12th house transits, but 4th and 8th can be equally tricky. And sometimes it's hard to differentiate between like what's the difference between 12th and 8th house or like how is 4th house a bit different. So that's what I've been thinking about a lot recently. Um, With fourth house, there definitely is this element of family and ancestry in the past, but transits through the fourth really dig up like this stuff from childhood that you just repress and you repress and you try to forget about. And just like when Mars, for instance, going through my fourth right now, or even just the sun when it goes through your fourth once once, um, every single year, these memories from childhood or like family dynamics start to just weigh more heavily on your mind and you're thinking about it a lot more and maybe there's more active healing going on there. Um, Whereas eighth house transits to contrast, like yes, there very much is still um, like a mental health focus there, but it's more like relationships are the catalyst for positive personal growth. Um, So I see often with eighth house transits, it's like there's usually a conflict or an issue that comes up in a relationship. And this can be with like someone you're casually dating, um, or it could be with like a roommate or a family member, basically just someone that's a little more close to you and knows you in an intimate way. Having problems there with like communication or just issues in general really get you to look within and be like, how can I change my reactions to people? And what is the role I play in this relationship problem rather than just like blaming problems on someone else? Um, So that eighth house, it really sticks out because of like the relationship focus it has and how that informs maybe how your mental health is doing at the moment or inner transformation that's going on. And then with 12th house, I just think of this as like the house where you just need, when transits go through the 12th, you just need more rest and you need to be alone. So like fourth and eighth have the like, they involve other people, like fourth with family, eighth with more intimate relationships. 12th is really just more isolated. It definitely, I do feel like with 12th house transits, People can kind of come out of the woodwork sometimes and friends may not be completely who you thought they were. Like it can often bring about enemies sometimes. I know that's like very negative, but it plays out very literally sometimes. Like people that just do not have your best interests become more obvious with 12th house transits. But overall, it's more of a needing to step back, let go of certain situations, also realizing how you self-sabotage 
how you self-sabotage sometimes and like work against yourself. So there's still a lot of inner reflection with 12th house, but it's more like, how are my own mindsets holding me back? And like, what are these fears I need to face here? So yeah, I've just been thinking about that a lot recently, like the differences between those houses. I always forget how difficult it is Mars going through the fourth house. I really dislike Saturn transiting the fourth house. That's probably like my least favorite transit ever. It's so difficult. And thank God it only comes around once every 29 years. But Mars is once every two years through a house of your chart. So once every two years, you get like kind of frustrated about a particular, the particular house topics of wherever Mars is transiting through. But on a more positive note, I'm also really looking forward to Jupiter moving into Gemini, which is going to take place in late May of 2024. And it's going to be there until I believe June of 2025. Jupiter transits are always a year long. I am just so excited for like Jupiter in my opinion, functions the best when it's transiting through air or fire signs. I just feel like the capacity for growth and opportunity, it becomes a lot more speeded up when it goes through air or fire signs. Like Jupiter and Aries was so great. Jupiter and Taurus, I noticed immediately like a slowing down or almost like a laziness. Like Jupiter amplified the Taurus qualities of maybe being more stubborn or slow and kind of lazy. Um, I have noticed though with Jupiter in my 10th, I feel like it's gotten me to be very clear on what Jupiter transits in general represent when they go through a house of your chart. So I feel like there's this notion that Jupiter brings up so many positive opportunities and good luck. And that's not always the case. I'm just finding that with it in the 10th for me, there's just a need to expand have greater freedom and just like, just grow. Like you start to feel a lot more restricted in the house where it's like, you notice how you've been restricted or keeping yourself small in that particular area of your life indicated by like what house Jupiter is activating right now. And there's just this need to keep growing and like take things to the next level there. So it's like with it in the 10th house, I'm just finding myself like, going for career stuff and developing these bigger projects and like needing to do it now, which is interesting. It's not, it's not so much a sit back, let positive work opportunities come to me right now. Like that's not the vibe. It's like me working extra hard and feeling the need to grow and expand at work. Um, but yeah, I'm so excited for Jupiter to go to Gemini because I love 11th house transits in general, but what I noticed um, with longer transits in Gemini, it's easier to write and come up with ideas for social media, come up with ideas for other communication projects. And I feel like those things will be a lot easier or there's more motivation behind it when Jupiter goes to Gemini. And that's for everyone because like, it's, it's just the quality of Gemini and Jupiter will bring growth and expansion to Gemini-like qualities, which are very much communication focused. I noticed last fall when Mars was in Gemini for like seven months from August, 2022 until I believe it was March of 2023, a really long time Mars was in Gemini because of its retrograde. And those Gemini themes of like writing and taking new information, being just so inspired by ideas came up super strongly, which I loved. Another topic I've been thinking about 
a lot recently is how there will be moments in time where like one house of your birth chart, like one sign will get will, will get repeatedly activated like year after year. And it's interesting because it's like there's just a cluster of planets that just move through that part of your chart one after the other. Like I'm thinking a lot about how the Pisces house of Pisces ruled house of your chart is just getting hit by transits like year after year here. Like first it was Jupiter going into Pisces in the summer of 2021 all the way up until the end of 2022. And now it's Saturn's in Pisces for three years. And then in the middle of that Saturn in Pisces transit, the North Node and therefore the eclipses will start up in Pisces um, throughout all of 2025 20, and ending in 2026. So it's just interesting how like from 2021 to 2026, there's such a concentration of energy in that part of your chart. And it's like, you're just hit with like lesson after lesson after lesson in like that applies to the themes represented by that house and how the qualities are a bit different. Like Jupiter going through Pisces was an easier transit um, where things may have been flowing more easily in that Pisces part of your chart. And then they're getting slowed down or feeling a bit frustrated with Saturn now moving into Pisces. And there's a great need to restructure that part of your life. But then when the North and South nodes move to Pisces Virgo, like the North node moving into Pisces and that first Pisces eclipse taking place in the fall of 2024 into all of 2025, like that will really get things going again there and bring about change. So it's like, there's all these different eras, but overall that part of your life is like such a prominent theme for a several year period. And then that like gets into this idea of how your soul chose to be alive at this moment in time in order to experience these exact transits. Um, And I just feel like this become super obvious with like Pluto transits because Pluto takes like 248 years to make its way through all zodiac signs. So not everyone will experience Pluto transiting over their sun or their moon or their ascendant in this lifetime. You might get one of those um, throughout the course of your life, but you likely won't get all three. And like the conjunction is more... Like you're never going to have, if you have Pluto sun as a kid, you're never going to get Pluto move over your sun ever again in your life because you can't live to be 248. Like you might get Pluto square your sun like 20 to 30 years later, but you will never again experience that like Pluto sun conjunction. So it's interesting like how you're choosing to be born at a specific time with your planets in certain signs And that kind of sets you up for how the transits throughout time will activate your chart. It's almost like, okay, at this age, I'm going to have this type of experience and I'm going to feel this way at this certain age. This is like where it gets into like, is your life completely faded? And that's just like a, a bigger existential topic I'm constantly thinking about because it is very much like, did you choose, like, I will go through this experience in this specific year because your chart is set up in a way where 
you're going to have bigger transits like that, like a Pluto, a Neptune, a Uranus transit happen at certain moments in time. I get so tripped out thinking about things like this all the time. And I I can't stop. I find it fascinating um, how your life is set up in a certain way. But to reel it back in, I guess. (laughs) Um, I've also been thinking about how like sometimes you can't grasp the full meaning of the certain houses in your chart until you're a bit older or like you're in the midst of an experience there. So for instance, like five to six years ago when I was first starting out as a astrologer, like I looked at the fifth house primarily as dating and relationships because I was like a 25, 26 year old. And that's all I was focused on at that time. Like, when am I going to start dating someone? Um, And now it's like very much like I look at the fifth house so much in terms of like personal creativity, self-expression, and also pregnancy and children. Because probably because that's the phase of life I'm in right now. Like everyone I know is getting pregnant. That's something I am thinking about within the next couple of years doing. So it's like, I'm seeing so many more client examples. It's like, I'm attracting people that have like the fifth house activated and it's showing up with pregnancy. Also with like the eighth house, it was like when I first started learning astrology, like the eighth house was very much, um, maybe I guess I looked at it more with like a scarier perspective of, my God, relationship issues come up in the eighth house and it's the place of death. That one is like everywhere. Um, It is definitely about sometimes experiencing people close to you die or just people you know die. But the the key word is like other people, like the loss of other people with the eighth house. But now that I've like had that Pisces eighth house part of my chart hit with so many transits in recent years and like Saturn there. Now I'm just realizing that it's so much about shared finances. And like as a 25, 26 year old, like first starting, first starting out with astrology, shared finances just wasn't a topic that was on my mind at that time. Like I didn't make enough money for me to be like sharing finances or like hiring people. But as you get older, it makes it's like, for me, it's made so much more sense. It's like, okay, with eighth house transits, it's a lot about like having to spend money to invest in your future somehow. So like building a business or buying a house. Um, yeah. So I just thought it's interesting that like your perception of your chart and transits change over time, depending on like where you are in life. Yeah. So like, in 30 years when I'm still doing astrology, it's like, how will I look at my chart then? And as an astrologer, your interests change over time with like what you're going through at the moment. Like a few years ago, I was so obsessed with relationship astrology. And that's like why I wrote the book on that and why like I got so much research done with timing of relationships because I wanted to know when that would happen for me. And also like that was the phase of life a lot of my clients were in was wanting to know when they meet someone. Um, I mean, I still get a ton of clients that want to know that. But like personally, that was a topic I was super obsessed with like back in like 2019, 2020. And now 
it's more so like the most astrology I'm interested in learning is like the timing of pregnancy. Like I mentioned, that's a big one. Like financial astrology, um, particularly like when are you going to make more money? And also I would say astrology of like world events and really understanding, like getting a better understanding of history because I definitely like zoned out in history class in high school. Like I didn't see it as an important. And now that I'm an astrologer, it's like history becomes more relevant and I have to like go back and understand those events more in order to understand what a transit in the future might look like. That's why that book Cosmos and Psyche is so good. Like it tracks major astrological transits from the 1500s up until present day and just shows how like when the same transit repeats throughout history, like a similar event in the world will come up again and again. So yeah, I've just been trying to get a lot better about understanding history and tracking current transits and how they correlate with world events because it is so fascinating to me right now. But yeah, that I think that's a good stopping point for this episode. Thank you again for everyone who's listened. Um, I hope you liked this format. Maybe I'll do it again um, in the future. I just think it's cool to just go kind of jump from topic to topic and talk about like a variety of different astrology subjects. But yeah, I hope you guys have a good rest of your week and I will see you back here next Monday. 